scrubbing it when you have to take your mask off. It's weird. Good morning. I'm Dr. Desiree Leibengood. I'm the Dean of the College of Arts and Sciences. Um, I'm Erin White. I'm our Director of Institutional Research. And we got a text last week that said, um, would one of you like to speak in chapel on Friday next week? And I, I said, Erin, what if we do it together? And that'll be better because things are better together. And she said, yeah, 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 let's do it. <laughs> and so we were kind of just thinking about um, what could we say together, right? Like, um, I don't know how many of you know this, but Aaron and I are really good friends going back all the way to college at North Central. So we met here when I was, I was maybe a sophomore and you were like a junior. So do you think that's right? Probably. Yeah, Aaron, I would remember that better than Aaron would, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we would hang out periodically, but not like tons. Yeah, we were like like second degree friends yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like, right? You have like your close friend. Then you have friends that are friends with your friend that you're kind of friends with. Yeah. That's what we were. That's what we were. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and then we kind of just lost touch really after college. Yeah. I mean, like I would ask her best friend who I worked with at the time about her mm-hmm. and be like, hey, how's Erin doing? And get a little update. Um, and my best friend would sometimes coordinate these breakfasts yeah. where these group of women would get together, and she says, Erin, you're my best friend. You have to come. <laughs> and I would see Desiree there sometimes. <laughs> what you might not know about Erin is she's a tendency toward some introversion, right, right. doesn't really necessarily want to go to brunch with a bunch of women on a Saturday morning. I so actually, <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, so you have to force her to do things. And so then we got to... Um, to work at North Central together. So I'd been here a few years, and Aaron came, and I think my line was, hey, we should go to lunch, and Aaron probably responded with something like, oh, sure. Because I feel like I have to, like, affirm people's desire to do things, but then I realize that most people actually don't follow up <laughs> on it, and, and neither will I, and so I likely then won't have to actually do it. <laughs> What I'm saying is she didn't really want to go I to lunch nice with me. Person, I really am a nice person. I, I just find life uh, in more solitude. And in order to like, do well with others, I need a decent amount of that solitude. Yes, yes. And so um, it was probably me saying, I'm following up. Let's go to lunch. And her capitulating yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, at those lunches... Um, that I would periodically set up with her. (laughs) We started to recognize some commonalities, some shared interests, some shared values of things that even we could do at work together. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of them was just diversity and equity. We both have a deep passion for seeing the kingdom of God look like how God designed it and function how God designed it. So not just to, to have a lot of... Um, different skin tones in one room, but for that room to really reflect the multiculturalism that God created and to function in equity. And so we started to really connect on that. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of what we want to talk about today. 
uh, one of the things, so part of it was that I joked with her and said, we should talk about it'll all work out. Because we say that to each other a lot. And in 2020, I probably can't count how many times we've said, it'll all work out to each other. It's kind of a common theme of our friendship. And um, as we were doing that, we discovered, you know, part of why we're able to do that for each other is because of the bonds of friendship God's kind of created in us. And so what if we shared with the students the importance of friendship and how in this time where we can't gather in large numbers, it's a really good time to think about developing those personal one-on-one friendships. Because when Desiree says to me, it will all work out, it's really different um, than just a a good colleague saying it'll all work out. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, you know, second degree friend, like I said earlier, saying it will all work out. Um, Because when she's saying that to me, she knows one, the problem or issue of which I'm encountering um, and the way of which that affects my whole being. Mm -hmm. Not assumptions of how that might affect me, but there's knownness there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so her saying to me, it will all work out, is actually very reassuring. (laughs) It is actually very comforting and is filled with hope. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, I call Erin when I really need someone to tell me that because I know that she will and it will help me, right? And so... And we'll be a part of it working out yes. for one another as well. Yeah, because we help each other work through things, um, which we'll kind of talk about as we're talking about what is the gift of friendship. Um, and so I love Lewis. Um, Aaron loves everyone else. Um, <laughs> I like Lewis too. You like Lewis too. <laughs> but you're, I like to read. I'll quote a lot of Lewis. She'll quote a lot of everyone else. <laughs> um, so I, I have a quote from Lewis. Lewis's book, The Four Loves, is one of my favorite books. I highly recommend everybody, everyone reads that book. Um, but especially college students, because he lays out for the four kinds of love, and I think that we often get confused on types of love. And one of the types of love that he talks about is friendship, and it's just, it's wonderful. And something you should know about Lewis is that his friendships were deeply important to him. Um, If you take my class, C.S. Lewis and the Inklings, and you should, you'll learn about this, that um, a lot lot of people might not even know that Lewis was really, really, really good friends with J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote all of The Lord of the Rings. Um, And they they met twice a week for like 17 years, I think it was, um, to talk about their writing and to talk about life. And that's a quite a commitment to friendship. And they were two of the pillars of that group. And other people would kind of come and go, depending on the seasons in their lives. But they stayed consistent. And, um, and they oftentimes even disagreed. Like, people might not know that J.R.R. Tolkien really hated the Chronicles of Narnia. He thought it was kind of drivel, um, which is like he told Lewis that this is silly. And you're mixing mythologies, and that's stupid. Um, and so <laughs> we're laughing because sometimes Aaron might say to me, that's silly, right? But they had that freedom of t- 
telling each other the truth and saying hard things to each other, but it became so deeply important to them to have that. And so Lewis says about friendship, friendship arises out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share and which, till that moment, each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. It's when two such persons discover one another, when, whether with immense difficulties or semi-articulate fumblings or with what would seem to us an amazing and elliptical speed, they share their vision. It is then that friendship is born and instantly they stand together in an immense solitude. And so that's kind of what, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's what we found, because we found this common purpose that we could kind of join in together and work on together, and that really unifies us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, it's still me, isn't it? Am I supposed to say something? I don't know. Do you want to say something? <laughs> well, I mean, I will, I will say this, because, you know, um, Desiree and I were both here years mm-hmm. ago. In my time here, never would I have thought or projected out um, that Desiree was going to be one of my closest Mm -hmm. friends. And that's not because I'm not awesome. Okay, I want you to know that. (laughs) You know, but um, you know, we'll we'll come back to this again. But oh man, take advantage Mm -hmm. of this time and don't sell yourself short of the amazing people that are around you because you never know what will come into flourishing in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, So one of the scriptures that I love is Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Mm -hmm. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. And I just love that because I think about the relationships that I have where um, it's beyond just where we have fun and we hang out, which we do. Um, Aaron and I really like to go to flea markets together. That's our jam. But um, it's into um, you're having a hard time and I'm going to extend my hand to you, right? Mm -hmm. And it gets into even you're doing something wrong and I'm going to tell you about that. Like, you've got a really crappy attitude, and I love you, so I'm not going to let you get away with that for long. Yeah. Right? Because if I let you get away with that, it will affect who God has made you to be. Yeah. And you will let something seep into your personhood that does not belong there. Yeah. And so I will do my best always to safeguard that. Yeah. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. Albert Schweitzer says it something like this. There comes a point in all of our lives where the inner flame burns out where that inner fire goes out, it is then burst into flames by an encounter with another human being. Be thankful for those friends who rekindle the inner spirit. I love that. I do too. I think we need each other. God created us, and I think, Aaron, you're such a good example of this, Um, Because I think as I'm getting older, I'm becoming more of an introvert and needing more alone time to regenerate and rejuvenate. But, like, I didn't need that when I was in college. But I think you're a good example of how, like, even if you are introverted, you still need other human contact. And you need people to be kind of the, the fullness of who God has you to be. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it'll all work out has been a really big theme in our friendship. Um, Lewis says this. I told you I'd read a lot from Lewis today. <laughs> uh, Hence, true friendship is the least jealous of loves. Two friends delight to be joined by a third and three by a fourth, if only the newcomer is qualified to become a real friend. And I think by that they mean, he means like, is really ready to give of themselves in a friendship or to receive even from that friendship, even when it's correction or it's, um, you know, this is something I see kind of going amiss in your life. In this, friendship exhibits a glorious nearness by resemblance to heaven itself. Mm where the very multitude of the blessed, which no man can number, increases the fruition which each has of God. For every soul, seeing him or her in his own way, doubtless communicates that unique vision to all the rest. Um, What I think about a lot of my really deep friendships, and, and in particular my friendship with Aaron, is the ways in which she has shaped my understanding of God. That she cries so easily and I was actually thinking this morning I was driving in crying at at a podcast thinking I think I cry more because I'm friends with Aaron Um, (laughs) because there's a tenderness of her spirit towards scripture that she's really imparted to me and um, she says a lot like I just love scripture and I'm like yeah me too right and um, and it's moved my heart even more so that way, to that tenderness towards loving scripture and receiving scripture so well. And I don't know, you know, if I would have come to that in that way without her vision of God and heaven, and it enriches my life and my understanding. Um, (laughs) You're going to cry, aren't you? Good friends also just make you feel good about yourself. (laughs) You know, and who God made you to be. And the reason that I, I mean, I love scripture for so many reasons, but um, one of the reasons, I'm like so easily distracted, sorry, (laughs) like folks are talking up there, I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about, (laughs) you're totally fine, I'm just, just letting you know, I'm just, I'm easily distracted. Back to our point of conversation, (laughs) Um, one of the reasons I love scripture so much is scripture reminds me of one of my deep-seated values, that God has made us well. We are wonderfully crafted intentionally designed human beings (laughs) Um, and and with that comes purpose and I in order I I think there's gonna one day you know God's gonna come back and all wrongs will be made right Um, and until that day it's my duty as a Christ follower um, to do whatever I can to make this day look more like that final day every day of my life One of the ways of which I can do that is live fully out of who God has made me to be, which for me always comes back to Romans 12. If you know me well, it's like one of my favorite chapters of scripture. And it says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Uh, The message says it like this, something along the lines, don't be so caught up in your culture that you don't know that you're a part of it. Um, And I think, like, how can I be mindful of the ways of which the world is shaping me contrary to who I am if I'm not doing intentional work to, like, think about that? And if I don't have people who are also in right relationship that can help me in moments when I step out of who God has made me to be and point me back in that right direction. Because kind of like you were saying, like, we see glimpses of heaven in one another when we get to, and I want to, I actually want to read you real quick a part of 
Romans 12, the message. Because um, just, it's just a reminder of, like, each of us are different for a purpose. And that comes back to our connection when, like, we connected over diversity and, and equity. Like, that's a, that's, a, that's a value of mine because I believe God creates us well. And the variety and difference amongst us are a part of God's intentional and good creation. In Romans 12, this is the message version. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of this body. But as a, cut off, as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't really amount to much, would we? So we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed, and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body. Let us just, and this is like what I I want you to hear as well, let us just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we aren't. It makes me think, um, the other day I told Erin, you know I would never wanna do your job, right? because I think her job sounds incredibly hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she loves data and spreadsheets and research and all this stuff that I'm like, the thought of trying to put that spreadsheet together in the first place gives me a headache. But it's like, we need all of these parts of the body and we need them to be unified together and working for the common purpose of God's kingdom. And so when we find friendships, it can be, I think sometimes, easier or more of a leaning or maybe even more comfortable to find friendship with people who are very much like us, um, which isn't wrong, but I think it's also so, so um, it adds a richness to our life to be friends with people who aren't like us, right? Who are very different in, in personality and in ways of seeing the world and thinking because it can challenge us and help us grow. Um, and so that's, what that verse maybe. Well, think yeah, of. I, th- I think too, um, you know, like the war, our culture would tell me that any, um, so Desiree and I are not only friends, we work together and we're colleagues. Our culture would say any praise that Desiree gets in her job is a threat to my own advancement. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> um, but culture often shapes women to compete against one another um, and not realize the, uh, the beauty and the giftedness and the commonality and the sisterhood um, that's available in these deep-seated friendships. Yesterday, I was, I was um, saying something about how, oh, man, I, I know I talk like this, and I probably shouldn't, you know, as like a, I, I shouldn't think so confidently of X, Y, or Z. And then Desiree correct, like, was like, actually, like, when you do that, that's encouraging to me because of this. You know, because we can easily get down on ourselves. <laughs> we can easily think maybe a, a way of which God designed us isn't good. Um, you know what I mean? And so if we have people in our lives that remind us that actually how God made you is an essential part of the kingdom, yeah. don't stop. Well, and ladies, I'll speak specifically to you, um, though I think this can apply to men too, but because our culture like tells us that we're in competition with one another, we miss out on the deep joy of celebrating for one another. And that's like a, that's a, we rob ourselves. And so when I see my sisters 
Um, and I'm even thinking like Regina here on the front row because Regina's like a rock star interpreter, right? And um, when I see her up there interpreting for like the mayor of St. Paul, I'm like, it's almost like I'm up there interpreting for the mayor of St. Paul. The level of joy that I experience in her reward and her recognition, and I would be robbing myself of that, right? Of that like endorphin rush. Um, if I thought, oh, ooh, that's gonna set me back, right? And so celebrating with each other only lifts us all up. Yeah. Um, and so don't rob ourselves of those opportunities. Yeah. I also think it, we miss out on building each other up. One of my favorite friendships in scripture is um, Moses and Aaron. And, you know, we see in scripture and in Exodus that when Moses felt deficient, God often gave him Aaron to fill in those gaps mm-hmm. and to lift his arms when he was tired but needed his arms to keep lifted so they could win the battle, right? And so, and Aaron didn't seem to be troubled by being the one who was raising the arm instead of the, ones with the, the one with the arms raised, right? And we all have our role to play in the battle, and if we can lift each other up and find ways to do that, we are certainly, um, we're going to kind of conquer more of the king for the kingdom, right? We're going to do more and build more for the kingdom. And so I just love that beautiful picture of Moses and his arms being raised by his friends, mm-hmm. right? And thinking about what, in what way can I raise the arms of my friends, but also how grateful I am for my friends who come along and raise my arms when I need it. Yeah. And, and finding those people like, I don't know, maybe for you it can happen really fast. <laughs> um, but for me, like, that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of investment. And sometimes there's, like, challenge and struggle involved in it, especially if you're an introvert. <laughs> um, you know, but it is so worth it. Like, I, I literally don't know how I've gotten through various seasons of my life um, without people like Desiree who could speak knowingly from her spirit to my spirit and say, it'll all work out. Um, and I think coming, like, just coming back to the, you know, I, I love how God works in mysterious and wonderful ways because, again, like, I, uh, you know, I never would have expected the gift of this friendship um, when I was here. Um, and it made me think, um, I was reading... Going Through No Man is an Island by Thomas Merton, which is also one of my favorite books. And, and he says this, and it made me really think about um, being sure not to close any doors. And I want to read a quote, another quote for you. Our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they are worthy. That is not our business. And in fact, it's nobody's business. What we are asked to do is love. And this love itself will render ourselves and our neighbors worthy. As you are engaging in life with one another this year, man, I just hope that you remember this. You know what I mean? That you remember that every person here is a possible opportunity. And it's not necessary. And I don't, I don't want to say that in, like, in a, like a transactional type of way. You know what I mean? Um, everyone here has potential to help you see further into who God is in the work of the kingdom on this earth. And you never know how they're going to 
that, that life may come back into your life at another point when you so desperately might need it. Yeah. I love this scripture. First Peter um, 4, 8 through 10 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You have something incredible to offer a friendship. And I want you all to know that. God has given you a varied grace, something to bring into a friendship. And, and so um, sometimes it can be nerve-wracking. Like it wasn't necessarily easy for me to um, kind of be like, I'm going to pursue friendships all the time, right? Um, but it's worth it because when we don't, we rob other people of ourselves, and then we rob ourselves of the gift of others. And I just want you to know, don't keep yourself from people. It also doesn't mean give yourself to everyone right away, right? And I think that's what Aaron was saying by like, good friendships take time to develop, and that's okay, and that's natural. Um, it's also why we shouldn't put ourselves like completely out there on social media and things, right? It's okay to keep things private and to ourselves until we feel a safety and security of a friendship to share things. Um, but you'll get there. And that is such a beautiful thing to share with someone else and such a God-given gift to have with each other because it does make you think, even if they don't work out the way you want them to, it'll all work out. I think it's in Psalms that says you are fearful or Proverbs, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. In Genesis, it talks about how you are created in the image of God. You are God bearers walking around on this earth, insights into the kingdom. And you will never know the fullness that God has for you if you don't engage in meaningful, worthwhile relationships with one another. Our society will tell you to keep your failures secret, <laughs> to keep your struggles secure, and to acknowledge all the things that you're exceptional at only. Um, and you can't live life that way. <laughs> um, you have to find those people. Um, God himself, you know, at least in our theology, right, is not alone. There's God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. If God's not alone, what in the world do we think we can be alone <laughs> is something I always have to remind myself as an introvert who really loves solitude. Like, I need others to be fully myself. Yeah. Um, I think, too, this is such a good time yeah. because even socially distanced, you can sit and have that good conversation, right? So... Um, there's not a ton of activities going on, right? There's not like you can't go bowling, um, I don't think. But um, you, you can still sit and have six-foot-apart conversations. Yeah. And so it's a great time to lean into these friendships that can become so supportive and life-giving for you. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that you'll leave here with your lifelong best friend, right? But it means you're starting to plant the seeds now of lifelong friendship that might actually just grow at a different time. Yeah, and so I want to encourage you in that, not to get discouraged if you're like, well, I don't have this right now. That's okay. You can start planting the seeds now, and you don't know how God's going to grow them in the future. Yeah. 
I want to read one other um, quote to you from uh, Parker Palmer's book, Let Your Life Speak, Listening to the Voice of Vocation. Um, I'd actually, it's a short book. <laughs> um, it's one I would also encourage anyone to read. Um, he says, referring back to the scriptures, be not afraid does not mean that we cannot have fear. Everyone has fear. And people who embrace the call to leadership often find fear abounding. Instead, the words say, we do not have to be the fear we have. We do not have to lead from places of fear, thereby engendering a world in which fear is multiplied. We have places of fear inside us, but we have other places as well. Sorry, this gets me all the time. Places, uh, places with names like trust and hope and faith. We can choose to lead from one of those places, to stand on ground that is not riddled with the fault lines of fear, to move towards others from a place of promise instead of anxiety. As we stand in one of those places, and listen to this, as we stand in one of those places, fear may remain close at hand, and our spirits may still tremble. But we now stand on a ground that will support us, ground from which we can lead others towards a more trustworthy, more hopeful, and more faithful way of being in the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, just this wonderful place that you've given us all, a place where we can uh, meet you and be met by you, and that in that, Lord, um, we can be known by others. And I pray, God, for these students who are sitting here and just throughout campus today, God, that you would give each of them sweet moments of knownness this year, that they would start to plant the seeds of friendship that could grow into just amazing connection for the kingdom. And I pray, God, that you would just be with each of those interactions, that they wouldn't feel fear or anxiety about it, God, but just the presence of your peace, knowing that you're at work in their lives, giving them such good gifts through each other. I pray that blessing over everyone today. In your name we pray. Amen.